put a spell on you. Stop the things you do. I tell you, I ain't lying. I ain't lying. You know, I can't stand it. You're running around. You know better, Daddy. I can't stand it because you. Yeah, just like last service, I don't really know how to follow that, so I'm just going to talk to you. Uh, but there is a reason why we did that song, and really we're in a series where today we're going to be talking about the battle for our minds. And we just thought, you know what, what kind of song sings about how sometimes you and I make decisions with the things that we do in our life as if someone or something has put a spell on us, where we can't really describe why or what, but we do things that we know, man, I should not have done that. And so we're going to get into that. Where does that come from? Why does that happen to us? We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But before that, um, I want to introduce myself. My name is Kevin Valentine. I'm the lead pastor here. Grateful that you're here with us. For those of you online, thank you for being here. And I just want to invite you into the room in the, at a future date. We do our best to uh, keep this place safe and do social distancing and everything. And everybody in here is wearing a mask so that you might feel safe to come be with us in person because there's nothing like being in the room. So we want to invite you in over the next little while. Now, um, I've got a couple things for you. If you are new here or newer here, there's an important number that you need to get into your phone. It's 407-278-7291. If you text the word new um, to that number, that will let us know that you are 
hey, yes, that you're new, and it'll get you in a queue where it allows us to get to know you a little bit, and you get to know us a little bit. We'll put you on our e-blast list and let you know all the things that are going on around here. I want to hit a couple of them. First off, right after this service, we're having what we call Discovering Kensington. It's a small, it's a, just a class, about 15, 20 minutes. We meet right over here in a classroom, and uh, I get a chance to meet you if you're new or newer, and uh, share with you our mission, vision, values, our strategy, why we do what we do, why we would start a service with a song like this, and, um, and, and uh, also give you an opportunity to ask questions and get to know a little bit about us. Um, and so that is right after the service. If that is you and you'd like to be a part of that, we'll meet you in the lobby and we'll go back there and hang for a few minutes. And I'd love to get to know you um, at Discovering Kensington. Um, secondly, uh, you ladies out there, this Thursday we have the easiest Christmas party ever. It is one of the easiest ways to meet some of the mo mo most incredible women in this area that I know. Um, and you can meet other women that call Kensington home Thursday from 6 to 9 p.m. It's the easiest Christmas party because you don't have to bring anything. No food, no gifts, no nothing. All you have to do is bring yourself. We are supplying the food, and you can just hang out and get to know some cool people and spend a little bit of time there. That is Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m. at our 246 Ministry facility up in Winter Garden. You can get uh, uh, information on that at kensingtonorlando.org slash events. Um, also, there's another way to connect with us. Um, and again, it's this number here, and this is why we keep putting this number up here is because there's so many ways that you can get exactly what you're looking for through this number. If you text any one of these words to that number, you'll get all the information you're looking for. If you're looking for men's ministry, women's ministry, life groups, if you'd like to volunteer, we run on volunteers. We are needing help all the time um, to make Sunday mornings happen. We would love uh, for you to text volunteer to that number. If you'd like to be a part of our recovery ministry, celebrate recovery, text recovery and care here. Um, this is our, uh, this is a, uh, if you text care to that number, it uh, you can let us know. We would love to help you with any needs that you have throughout this whole time of coronavirus. There are a lot of people that have needed help with food, with keeping the lights on, with paying rent. That's what we want to be a part of. And if you need help with that, um, it is, it is, uh, it is very discreet. We don't like go broadcasting people that need help, but if you need help or know somebody that does, please text CARE to that number. Now, what allows us to help take care of people that text into that number is the generosity of you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, giving and uh, our year-end giving. There are a lot of organizations that are asking you to give a year-end gift and support them, and I would like to um, ask you to consider making Kensington um, a recipient of a year-end financial gift. We count on a very strong December financially to launch us into the next year, and so um, I just want to invite you to jump in and be a part of getting us started next year in a strong way by giving a year-end gift um, that, uh, that allows us to continue to keep the lights on and pay our staff and continue to reach people that are far from God and help those in need. And I want to thank you for that um, in advance. Um, there are three ways to give. Our website, kensingtonorlando.org slash giving. Our app, um, it's called the MyWell Giving app, and you can pick us um, as a recipient of your gift for the MyWell Giving app. And then on your way out, there's a couple boxes there that you can um, uh, give that way as well if you want to give in person uh, that would be great. But thank you in advance for considering us and praying about um, giving a, a financial year-end gift to, um, to Kensington. Um, so lastly, uh, we are in week five of a series called Battle Ready, where we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the armor of God. And uh, we wanted to kick off the message part with uh, a look at what it might look like if you were to put on armor in today's day and age.
like this and just have like armor be put on you like that. that is, those are like the coolest scenes in those movies. Um, but uh, as I said earlier, we are in week five of this series on the armor of God and the topic of spiritual warfare. And from a biblical worldview, the scriptures reveal to us what we already sense and know. We know, you know, that here is not all there is to life. You know that. You instinctively know there's more life, more to life than just this life because we all wonder what happens when we die. We know that when we die, they don't put us in a box and put us under the ground six feet because if we knew that that's where we ended up, we wouldn't ask the question, but we all want to know, where are we going to go? For thousands and thousands of years, every generation wonders what happens to our spirits, our souls, the, the spiritual part of us that isn't physical after we die because we know that some sort of spiritual realm exists. We've heard stories of unexplained, uh, that are un uh, unexplained of angels showing up and rescuing people from accidents of evil forces seeming to be at work. Things that can't be um, explained in the physical world. We intuitively know that there's an, a spiritual world out there. And we can go through life pretending, we can pretend that evil in the spiritual realm doesn't exist, doesn't impact our daily lives, and that Satan is a fairy tale. Or we can see the world with eyes that are open to both the natural and the supernatural. That's the beauty of God's Word. It's one of the things I love about God's Word is it explains this unseen world in detail. It doesn't shy away from it. It actually tells us the truth of what's going on, that you and I have an enemy, and his name is Satan. And Satan has one mission, to steal and kill and destroy every good thing in your life. Destroy everything about you. Everything that God is for, Satan is against. And maybe you're a skeptic here, and maybe you're online watching, and you're going, you really believe that? And I'm like, yeah, I really believe that. I believe that there is a very real Satan, and that he is scheming against us. Why? Because Jesus said there was. Jesus in in interacted with Satan. Jesus came up against Satan. And Jesus says Satan is real. I believe in Jesus. Therefore, I believe what he said. The lead disciple of Jesus, he wrote in one of his two books found in the Bible, 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he preys on the weak. He preys on the unaware. He would love to distract you and make you doubt and have you question God. He would love to take you out and destroy you. And maybe you're wondering, well, why would Satan be interested in little old me? Like, why would he care? It's very simple. It's because God loves you. And you were created in God's image. And Satan hates everything having to do with God. What do you mean God loves me? God actually sent his son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross. Because he loves you. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you deny that truth or not, Jesus, past tense, has already paid for your sin. He's already died on the cross saying, I love you to you. Satan hates that, hates you. This series has been about how you and I don't have to be bystanders in this spiritual battle. It's, the, it's Satan and the, spirits, uh, the forces of evil against God and his angels, and they're battling over you. And you and I don't have to be bystanders. We can and must engage in it. So the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He gives us this insight into this battle. This has guided us through this whole series. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul is speaking to um, the Ephesians and to all of us. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And this next verse is super important. For our struggle... Is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And what Paul is just reminding us, he's saying, hey, your struggle in life, and all of us struggle, is not primarily against your boss. It's not against your ex-husband or your ex-wife. Your struggle in life is not against your parents. It's not against the government. It's not against your neighbor who's mean. It's not against your teacher. It's not against your HOA that's ridiculous. It's not against your family. It's not against your career. You can pin it on flesh and blood, and you can, you can fight against that flesh and blood, but you will not be fighting against what is behind that flesh and blood. 
where you have an enemy that is constantly scheming against you. And he will use anything he can to defeat you, to discourage you, to infuse anger and hate into your heart, to make you run from God, to make you doubt God's existence. He wants to destroy every relationship that you have that is good. He wants to take out your marriage. He wants to estrange you from your kids. And the interesting thing is, Scripture gives us his playbook. Like, we know Satan's playbook. Now, how many of you watch football on Thursday? I need hands. How many of you watch football on Thursday? That was Thanksgiving Day, by the way. Wow. Okay. How many of you watch football on Sundays? Okay. How many of you have ever seen a football? Yay. Okay, good. So we're all there. Okay. So if you watch football on Thursday, Saturday, college games, Sunday, you will see something. You don't see it as much now because of coronavirus, but the coaches that wear the clear face shields and before coronavirus, when coaches talk, what do they do? They cover up their mouth. They put the play, they put a put a sheet of paper in front of their mouth, or they do this when they're talking. Now, some of you might think, wow, they're so conscientious. They don't want people to smell their bad breath. No, that's not why they do it. Why do they do it? Lip reading. Because there are people on the other side of the field watching everything they say, trying to pick out words, so they know the play that the other team's about to run. Because if they know the play that's about to be run, they know how to defend against it. Here is the beauty of Scripture. Scripture gives us Satan's playbook. You want to know what Satan's trying to do? It's right here in God's Word. Um, We're told in Ephesians 6, um, because our battle is primarily against the spiritual forces of evil in this dark world, not flesh and blood, verse 13, Ephesians 6, therefore, because of that, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt um, of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And in that passage of Scripture... Not only do we have the playbook that Satan uses, but we also have the armor. How do we defend against it? You've got the belt of truth. It was week one of this series. Why do you need truth? Why do you need God's truth? It's because Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. We know that he promises things if you choose his way that he can never deliver on. He lies. He promises joy in a purchase. He promises satisfaction in withholding forgiveness. He promises fulfillment in another person outside of your marriage. He promises pleasure from a computer screen. He promises peace from a number in your bank account. And he can never deliver because he is not a source of joy or peace or gentleness or kindness. Only God is. Satan's main attacks are lies about sin, about God, and about himself. So we have the belt of truth from God so that we can sniff out the lies of Satan and live out the truth of God and the truth of who God says that we are. Secondly, Paul lists the breastplate of righteousness. And that's kind of what that looks like in Paul's day. He was using Roman, um, Roman armor to kind of describe our spiritual armor. What's the play? Satan is going to come at you telling you that you're unworthy and that not even God can love you because you're a sinner. And you have to do a bunch more good than bad to work your way to God. Well, we have the breastplate of righteousness that is given to us by Jesus, who is our righteousness, which guards our heart from believing that we can work our way to God. From believing that we can actually earn God's love. It keeps us from living as if religion, man-made rules to work our way to God, is how you get to heaven. Satan would love for you to believe that you better be on it and you better have 51% good and 49% bad or you're going to go to hell. Would love for you to live your life that way, constantly striving and trying to be better than you are bad so that you might eventually work your way to God and end up in heaven. That's one of Satan's plays. It's called religion. Jesus hated religion. He rebelled against the religious leaders. We hate religion here. Our righteousness, being right with God, comes from Jesus, not from ourselves, not from anything we can do. We find ourselves in right standing with God through Jesus, which protects our hearts. 
the shoes, gospel, the shoes of the gospel of peace. You have the, the shoes um, that, 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 keep, that help us stand our ground. Satan's playbook is to keep you worrying, to keep you up in arms, to keep you riled up at all times, to keep you stressed out and anxious because you have to fight all of your battles and fix all your problems by yourself and that God is even fighting against you. He wants you to believe that. So you have the gospel of peace, the story of Jesus, and you can live at peace with God through Jesus. You have peace of knowing that God's on your side. You can stand your ground because you have God who is fighting for you, not against you. You're not alone. You're not forgotten. You're not forsaken. You can have peace that passes all understanding. The shoes of the gospel of peace allow us to be at peace with God, at peace with other people, and at peace with ourselves. And that peace allows us to have peace in the midst of the storms of our lives. And we use those shoes to take that peace to other people. And he talks about the shield of faith. As Satan fires arrows of temptation, tempting you to fulfill the legitimate needs that you have. You have legitimate God-given needs to be loved, to be successful, to feel significant, to be at peace. Satan is constantly scheming to get you to fulfill those legitimate needs that you have in illegitimate ways. He wants to get you to take shortcuts to love, shortcuts to peace, shortcuts to wholeness, shortcuts to significance. And he wants you to trust in yourself to provide them instead of God. Well, the shield of faith protects us from giving in to temptation and the destruction that comes from sin. Because if one of those arrows gets through, it blows up your life. Satan's playbook today is the one that he's always had. Lies, deceit, religion, fear, anxiety. God has given us armor to protect from all of it. Which gets us to our piece of armor today. It's the last piece of defensive armament that, God, that, that um, Paul writes about. Hugely important one. It is the helmet of salvation. And I just think that this is cool. So I'm going to put it on because I want to feel cool. I don't feel cool very often. I don't know that I feel cool with this on, but I'm going to put it on anyways. Now, if I walk around in this all day long, don't you think people think I'm cool? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I think that was you, Dave Bean. Is that you? We are friends forever. Yes. Yeah, people would think, man, look at that Kevin. He is so protected. Like, that guy, nothing's going to get to that guy's head. Like, this is good stuff. You know, if I wear this around all day long, people would look at me and they would say, man, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a screw loose. This is a little wobbly, by the way. He's got a screw loose. There's something not right. I don't understand why he keeps wearing that helmet. That's just weird. Well, here's the flip side from a spiritual perspective. Do you realize that we leave our house every day without this on, spiritually? which is as foolish and as weird and as nonsensical as me wearing it every day in physical. Because of what this protects. It's the helmet of salvation. Now, what is salvation? If that's the helmet of salvation, what's the helmet of salvation? It's the truth. It's the reality that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. That's what salvation is. It's that your eternity is secure in heaven. That what Jesus did, dying on the cross for your sin once and for all, actually paid the penalty for your sin, and you are now a beloved child of God. That's who you are. That's what salvation is. And the helmet of salvation is what I believe is one of the most important parts of the armor. And so what I want to talk about is I want to talk about what the helmet of salvation protects, how the helmet protects, and how to put on the helmet of salvation every day. Because you do not want to walk as much as I would never walk out of my house with that on like and go throughout my day. Spiritually speaking, I never want to go out without that on. So what does the helmet protect? Well... You tell me, what does the helmet protect? Your head, right? Okay, you biology majors out there, what is inside your head? Your brains, right? Some people have bigger brains than others. My wife is an engineer from the University of Michigan that should fire their head coach really quickly, uh, football coach, Jim Harbaugh. Um, she has a very big brain. I have a psychology degree from, the, from Oakland University that will never have a football team. So therefore, her brain's bigger. Okay. Really good logic there, but that's what happens up here. Uh, but your brain, 
is the control center of your body. Almost everything I do with my body begins as a thought. Every emotion that I feel comes from my brain and the chemicals there. Everything I believe is stored in my brain, my personal operating system, how I see the world, how I interact with the world, and how I live in this world. My personal operating system is stored here. My sense of identity comes from how I think about myself and the things that I have been told and the things that I believe. So the helmet of salvation protects the control center of your life, your mind. It protects your thoughts. It protects your thinking. It protects your beliefs. It protects your identity. And Satan wants your mind. He wants to confuse you. He wants to confound you. He wants to distract you. He wants to enrage you. He wants to enslave you in addictions. He wants the control center of your life to be offline so that you are out of commission for God's purposes. He wants you out of control, and he wants to be in control, which is why in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul used to be a former G Jesus hater, had an encounter with Jesus on, his, on the road to Damascus, is the story, and he became a follower. He wrote about the spiritual battle in our minds in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. He says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. This is super important. On the contrary... They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now, the very first sentence, the weapons we fight with, followers of Jesus, people that, that are looking in the spiritual realm because God has opened their eyes, what the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. What are the weapons of this world designed to fight? Flesh and blood. That's what our weapons of this world fight, flesh and blood. But he says, so we fight very differently. We fight spiritually. We fight with divine weapons, with divine power to demolish strongholds of the enemy. So what do we fight for? We fight to take back territory that the enemy has taken in our minds. We are fighting to keep Satan from having any real estate up here because he wants real estate. He wants pieces of your mind. He wants thoughts. He wants to argue with you. He wants to tell you who you are. And so we fight against the arguments and claims against the knowledge of God. We battle against unbelief, the forces at work to disprove God and say that all of life happened by accident or random chance. We battle against the forces that, are, that, that keep you so distracted by the pleasures and difficulties of life that you don't think you need God or that God can't help. We battle against the forces at work to get you to question whether God loves you and that Jesus died for you. The voice in your head that accuses you, demeans you, and speaks into your identity in a negative way. We fight against that with divine weapons and armor. The helmet of salvation protects your mind. And you got to realize, if you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, what did Satan do? He was battling for Eve's mind. Just read about the conversation. Did, did God really say that you would die if you eat that? Like, really? You know what, Eve? God is holding out on you. He's keeping something from you. And Satan actually twisted the truth and made death what God said would happen if Eve ate of the fruit. He made death seem like it would bring life to her. You ever thought that through? He actually got her to believe that by bringing death into her life, it was actually bringing life. That's how he got her to do it. He still twists the truth to get you and I to choose his way over God's. And if he can get you to believe that the lies, that fulfillment comes from things outside of God's boundaries, if he can get you to believe that you are beyond God's ability to forgive you, if he can get you to believe that you really can't spread the word of Jesus because you're such a despicable sinner, if he can get you to believe that you can't make a difference, why try, believe that God doesn't love you and never will, then he has just defeated one of God's anointed soldiers and he has kept you out of the battle. He has kept you from protecting and fighting in the battle that God is desperately wanting you and I to be a part of. Our minds are what allow us to choose God's ways. Our minds are what allow us to care about what God cares about. It's what allows us to worship God, the one true God. It's vital to righteousness. It's, our minds are vital to purity. It's vital to choosing God's way over the ways of this world. It's vital to salvation. The helmet of protection, uh, of salvation protects our minds. Now, let's talk about how it protects our minds. What about salvation do we need to know and understand for it to function like a helmet is supposed to in our spiritual lives? 
And the best way that I can describe it is this. When you have your head wrapped in salvation, when you have your mind clothed with the fact that you are saved, you are a child of God, that you are someone that Jesus died for, and that death cannot hurt you, it protects you from believing the lies that Satan wants you to believe about who you are. Do you know one of Satan's names is he is called the accuser in Scripture? So when you hear that voice in your head that's accusing you, and you know what I'm talking about, I have the same voice, the voice that just says, you're not, you're not good enough. You will never measure up. You're, you're actually a terrible human being. You are a horrible mother. You are an absent father. Your kids don't respect you. Not even God can love you. You are a cheater. You are unworthy of love. You are a loser. You're not really saved. Look at what you did last night. Christians don't do that. And I'll tell you what, when Satan comes at me with that stuff, when he comes at me with those accusations, there's a question that I ask. I just ask, does that sound like God's voice? Is that God speaking to me? No. God doesn't accuse. God doesn't condemn. God loves me. And I just have to remind myself where that voice is coming from. Why? Because Satan's battling for real estate here. He's battling for your identity and your thought life. And anything that is against the word of God is not from God. In Romans, Paul tells us how to stay in the fight with our minds. Romans 12, 2, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, have your life transformed by the renewing of your, say it out loud, mind. He's saying, look, don't live like everybody else. Don't, don't change, the way, change the way you live by transforming the way you think. As a man thinketh, so he is. How do you transform the way you think? You do that by renewing your mind. That word renewing, it is present and future tense. It's ongoing. It's a verb. It's not renewal, a one-time thing. It's be transformed by the ongoing renewing of your mind. Why? Because Satan is constantly battling to try and get control of that thing. The, the renewal of your mind is daily putting on the helmet of salvation. Paul is talking about your thought life. He says in Philippians, hey, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is godly, think about those things. Put those things into your mind. The helmet of salvation reminds you of your true identity in Christ, that you are his child, that he is with you, that he gave up his life for you, that not even death has a hold on you, that you are a new creation, that the old you, the weak you, the dead you, the spiritually unaware you, the depressed you, the out of control you, the fearful, angry, sin-filled you is dead, died with Christ, and the new alive in Christ with Holy Spirit power, that's who you are now. That reminds you every single day with this, the helmet of salvation, when it is on and trouble comes your way, you can handle it with joy. You can handle it with grace because you know that you are saved and that here is temporary. That there will be a day where there will be no more tears, that the troubles you face today will be nothing compared to the glory of Christ. And I'll just be transparent with you guys right now. This is so important for me personally, because many of you know, um, I, I, I have, I'm, a, I'm an amputee. I lost my left leg below the knee. I was helping a lady change a tire 20-something years ago and got hit by a car. And so every day I experience pain. Every step hurts. It's why I sit down for the most time when I'm talking, because if I don't, I pay for it the rest of the day. And Satan, in that pain and in the loss, just gets at me, it's especially early on, by just saying, you deserved that. God could have protected you, and he didn't. You are less of a man. And I look at the loss in my life, not being able to play with my kids the way other dads play with their kids, not being able to be an athlete anymore, which I was before this happened. And Satan just goes, you are less than, you are less than, you are not enough, you'll never be enough. When he comes at me with that, the helmet of salvation reminds me that there will be a day where I will have no more pain. There will be a day where my body will be whole. There will be a day that the troubles of this world are but a distant memory in the past. Because I will be spending my eternity with my Father in heaven. And so the troubles of here and now are not as great as they could be if I didn't have salvation to look forward to. 
like, we all need that. I need that every day almost. Because I'm telling you, Satan's battle, he's good. He loves to tell you who you are. God designed you to be told who you are from outside of yourself so that he could be the one to tell you who you are. So Satan is constantly telling you who you are. And if you listen to his voice and you forget who God says you are, you will believe into the lies and you'll be living out of a false identity that will impact every single decision you make in every relationship you have. That's why the helmet of salvation that protects your mind is so important for us to realize who we are. Um, back when Garrett was little, um, and this is, this is like the only um, good parenting moment I've ever had in my life. Um, back when Garrett was little, um, and he was still being strapped into a car seat, and he was our only child at the time, um, he, when he was right in the back seat and we'd be driving, um, I just, I loved him so much, you know, just like I just wanted him to know that. And so I would reach back and I would say, hey, Garrett, grab my hand, grab daddy's hand. And he would grab my hand. And so I would drive like this for long periods of time. I think that's why I have shoulder problems, but that's okay. Another story. Um, but so I would hold his hand and I would just say this over and over and over. I mean, like dozens and dozens of times when we were driving, I would just say, say, Garrett, you're so special. Daddy loves you. Just say it. I just coming out of my heart. I just couldn't stop it. I'm like, Garrett, you are so special. Daddy loves you. And I would say it dozens of times. And this went on for like weeks and weeks and months and months and months. And it's like a few months go by and we're driving somewhere and I hear Garrett talking to himself in the back seat. And he's just like whispering. And I don't know what he's saying, but I can hear him. And he's just carrying on, chattering away, talking, talking, talking. And I want to hear what he says. So we get to a stoplight and I, I lean back to listen. And it's like I started fighting back tears because Garrett is back there saying to himself, he's saying, I so special, daddy loves me. Over and over and over. He's I so special, daddy loves me. I'm so special, daddy loves me. And I'm just telling you, when you have that kind of relationship with God and you realize how special you are to him, and you realize how much he loves you, that he was willing to come here to die on the cross so that you could be saved. Being able to honestly say that to yourself. Daddy loves me. I'm so special. It's life-changing. It's life-altering. You live from a place that most people aren't able to live from because we are reminded regularly how much we're loved and how much God has already done for us. So the helmet protects our minds. It reminds us that God loves us and it infuses us with confidence and joy and excitement at life here because we have a Father in heaven that loves us and our eternity is secure. So let's talk about how to put the helmet of salvation on. If every day you need to walk out and you need that thing on, how do you put it on? First way you do it is you just accept Jesus. You accept Jesus into your life. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to, what is that word? Condemn you. Do you hear that? When you hear that condemning voice, that accusing voice that's telling you things that are not true, you know whose voice that is and it's not God's. Why? Because Jesus came here not to condemn the world but to save the world through him because of his great love. And once you step across that line, not even Satan can separate you from, the God, from God's love. Romans 8, 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I will just say this, once you have surrendered your life to Jesus, there is nothing that can separate his love from you. Satan doesn't have the ability. Satan doesn't have the authority to take God's love from you. Once Jesus has claimed you as his own, it's game over. Battle is won. Satan has lost. He can meddle in your life. He can continue to tempt and distract and, and destroy, but he cannot take God's love from you. You're no longer labeled a sinner. You are now labeled a saint. Your name is written in the book of life, which is kept right now in the heavenly realms, and you can rest assured that your eternity is in heaven. So the first step of putting your helmet of salvation on is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The second way you put it on is you read, meditate, and act. You read God's word daily because his word reminds you who you are and reminds you whose you are. 
I need God's word daily because I need that reminding that I am loved. I need that reminding of whose I am. I need my mind to be filled with godly thoughts. When I read scripture, it reminds me that here is not all there is because sometimes my life can fill the whole front windshield. And I forget that there's something beyond it. Scripture gives us a vision of the future that God has promised us in heaven. It's full of identity language that can help us be grounded and healthy. If you're not reading your scriptures and your, your Bible daily and letting God talk to you through it, you're not battle ready. And then it's meditate on your salvation. Be grateful that God chose to pay for your sins because of his great love. Remind yourself that you're special and that God loves you. Your identity does not rest in your performance because there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more than he already does. You can't increase his love for you. You can't decrease God's love for you. You realize that? Meditate on that. God, thank you for salvation. Thank you that you revealed yourself to me and that I can live with the knowledge that when I take my last breath here, I know where my next breath will be. That is peace. That is peace on earth. So it's read, meditate, and then act out your faith. Live out what Scripture says is the right way to live. And you'll be blessed in many, many ways. And then the last thing we do to put on the helmet of salvation is we help other people find Jesus. When you renew your mind daily and you think about things that are godly and you meditate on your salvation and you find that gratefulness that God would even reveal himself to you and you, have, you are saved, it allows you to go, you know what, I got to take this to other people. People need to know who Jesus is. I'm willing to take a hit uh, socially because I want to impact somebody eternally. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Um, God, in this moment of prayer where we just acknowledge your presence and talk to you, um, I want to talk to those of you in the room that are ready to accept the gift of Jesus into your life where you want to step across the line of faith. And if that's you, if you're online or you're in the room right now and you're ready to take that step, I just want to invite you to and let me just tell you, when you sincerely step across the line of faith, it's a one-time deal. You are saved. Your name is written in the book of life, and there's no eraser on that pencil. So if you're ready to step across the line of faith and invite Jesus into your life, you can use my words as your own. Say them from the bottom of your heart, silently, to God. And just use my words as a guide and say, God, today I step across the line of faith. I accept the free gift you offer of salvation. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay for my sins. And today, I surrender my life to you once and for all. Help me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And God, for the rest of us, Help us to daily express thankfulness for our salvation, remembering all that you have done for us. Protect us from the lies of the evil one. Protect us from his distortions of our identity. Remind us daily who we are and whose we are so that we may live out our faith in such a way that it brings all people into relationship with you. Lord, thank you for your salvation. Thank you that you created us a way for us to do what we can't do on our own, but only you could do and create a way for us to get to you for eternity. Thank you for that, God. In your holy name, amen. So over the next few minutes, I want you to just sit back and allow the words of this next song to wash over your heart and your mind and your soul. See 
just the sum of every high and every low. Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know.
Let's get those hands together this morning. Following Jesus 
is the freedom to live out the identity that he has given you instead of the identity that the world, that your parents, that other people have given you. It's freedom. Because you don't have to measure up anymore. You don't have to perform. God has already given you your worth. God has already given you your identity. And that is freedom, let me tell you. And I hope that you live in that freedom this week. Every day you can put on the helmet of salvation. Every morning you can say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you that I was worth it. Thank you that you were willing to give up your life for me. Even if I was the only one on the planet, you would have done the same because of your great love. That is identity forming. Live that way. It's a gift God's given you and a way to keep the lies and attacks of Satan from gaining real estate in your mind. Now, as you head out of here, um, we're all going to leave through that door. I want to say, if you want to come to Discovering Kensington, if you're newer here and you'd like to know our mission, vision, value, strategy, why we do what we do, I would love to meet you, and I'd love to give you an opportunity to ask questions of me about who we are. And so if that's you, when you leave out of those doors, come over here in the lobby to this side of the lobby. Shay and I will meet you out there, and we'll come over to a room here and hang out for about 15 minutes. We'll take care of your kids the whole time if you got kids. Uh, but at this point, I want to um, invite you to head out those doors, dismiss from the back to the front, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Take care.